0: This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today I'd like to continue with the music of the great trumpet player and composer Booker Little. His recording career was rather short, from 1958 to 1961. He passed in the fall of 1961 at age 23, but within that three-and-a-half-year period, he recorded many times with a variety of different band leaders. In 1958, he recorded his first album as a band leader, and it's called Booker Little Four and Max Roach. Of course, Max was one of his mentors. Um, and did a lot of recording with him in 58, 59 and later I believe in late 1960 um, recorded with him again. By 1958 all the trademark sounds that we come to expect from um, Booker Little were in place, the impeccable time, the clarity of ideas um, in in fact very unusual ideas, his um, love of dissonance, in other words notes that seem to have a certain grind or make you feel a little uncomfortable, but the way he used them was just um, spectacular. He'd be playing in one direction and there'd be an unusual turn or he would turn in a different direction from the way you would expect. There's a great story about Freddie Hubbard um, coming to New York in 1958 with Wes Montgomery. Freddie Hubbard, of course, in the 60s and 70s was one of the premier trumpet players in all of jazz. But in 58, he was pretty young, and he came to New York and thinking that he was going to be the next Dizzy Gillespie or Clifford Brown, um, went into a club and heard Booker Little play and was so deflated. Um, that he went back to Indianapolis for a year and didn't really move to New York till 1959. Such was um, Booker Little's um, ability at such an early age. But let's start with that record. He recorded uh, Milestones, which is Miles Davis' composition, the old Milestones, which is a bebop tune. So, and this record is very interesting because he did a couple of standards, a bebop tune, and then introduced some of his original material, which was very unique and very Booker Little-ish. So let's check out Milestones. Very tricky uh, bebop tune. Tune written in the 40s. It played at a very fast tempo and Booker plays an amazing solo on this. 1958. <laughs> Booker had amazing endurance, you know he played very long solos and as the solo progresses they become more acrobatic and he climbs into the high register and does some really uh, unusual things that I hate to use that adjective spectacular but um, his playing is so acrobatic and the way he jumps from high to low and changes direction really is uncanny and that's why he had he lived he might have been one of the greatest if not the greatest of the jazz trumpet players of the second half of the um, 20th century. Very, very good technique, very adept at playing unusual chord progressions. If there was a trumpet player who could be compared to John Coltrane in terms of Sheets of Sand and his ability to devour very complex chord changes, it would have to be Booker Little. In fact, he did play with Coltrane in the early 1960s. From that same record, we're going to listen to an original composition that he wrote. It's called The Dungeon Waltz. It's an original tune with some very unusual harmony. There's a tenor player on it, it's George Coleman, a wonderful tenor saxophonist who's still alive, performing in New York. And this is, not only is it a great original song, but for the two horns, uh, Booker Little writes this wonderful arrangement. And this is where we start, begin to see his ability as an arranger, not only as a composer. And this is, we're going to listen to some Dungeon Walls, unusual song, and it has kind of like that dark kind of brooding uh, sound that we tend to associate with Booker's compositions. Booker Little was from Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and while he was growing up in Memphis, there was a whole group of wonderful. Uh, jazz musicians that he had gone to school with um, when he was in high school and then stayed in touch with, including uh, George Coleman, uh, this wonderful alto saxophonist by the name of Frank Strozier, a great pianist, um, kind of little known today by the name of Phineas Newborn, Lewis Smith who was a great trumpet player from Memphis, and he stayed in touch with a lot of these musicians. In a 1959, recorded a record with his um, friend Frank Strozier. Um called the Fantastic Frank Strozier, and he, he was a great alto player. And we're going to listen to one track from this record. And what another thing that makes it very unusual or I- interesting is the fact that the rhythm section is Miles Davis's rhythm section. It's Wynton Kelly, Paul Chambers, and Jimmy Cobb. And it's a completely different kind of a sound from the rhythm section with Max Roach. And upon listening to these recordings, especially with uh, Miles' rhythm section, uh, it really solidifies the fact that Miles had the best rhythm section in jazz at this time. I mean, these guys were spectacular, and especially with Paul Chambers playing bass, and it's an original composition called Starling's Theme. We're going to go ahead and listen to Booker playing with Miles Davis's rhythm section circa 1959. In 1959, Booker recorded another album with Max Roach. Um, The name of the record was called The Many Sides of Max. And this particular track we're going to listen to is called There's No You. The really interesting thing about the track is is the arrangement that, that Booker Little wrote for this particular group. The texture is rather thin or transparent, so you can really hear how the horns are moving and the use of dissonance. It's a very unusual, almost kind of quasi-chamber music, um, like in, in the way that the piece was written, and then you can also hear Booker's beautiful sound on a ballad. So this is There's No You, and we're going to listen to the, um, the arrangement, and then check out, you know, just Booker's sound and his phrasing. In 1960, Booker recorded his second album as a band leader, and it was as a quartet. So he's the only horn player, and on this particular record, you know, it's all Booker. There's no saxophone player. It's just him in a rhythm section. Uh, He wrote wonderful songs, and it really, you can get the pure essence of his playing and, and the that the beautiful sound, the angular ideas, and his use of, of dissonance. It's a, it's a great record. We're going to listen to one track from this. It's called Minor Suite. And it starts with an open trumpet cadenza. Um, it almost sounds kind of quasi classical, or maybe actually something that maybe Raphael Mendez might have played. Of course, Raphael was one of the great, great trumpet virtuosi of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. And I believe that probably every trumpet player was familiar with Raphael's playing, and there's a certain influence I hear of Raphael in this, but the opening cadenza is fantastic. This is Minor Suite from Booker Little, 1960, his first quartet record. That 1960 recording is very interesting. He was using a different drummer, Roy Haynes, and if you um, listen to the entire record, you know Roy Haynes was was really famous for his the way his um, snare drum sounded, and the way he would use it, and kind of prod the soloist with with his snare drum. It's very interesting. Also, the bass player on that was Scott LaFaro. Who was another legendary bassist who also died so very young. Great rhythm section, fantastic record. We're gonna move on, and later on in 1960, Booker was playing with um, this really fantastic alto saxophonist by the name of Eric Dolphy. Dolphy also played the flute and bass clarinet, and he was really, um, had a very unusual approach, very angular, um, much like Booker's approach to playing, and they're playing each complemented each others. Eric used much greater use of dissonance and notes that seemed to clash, but there was a a method to the way he played. And back in 1960, people thought that this was avant-garde. You know, this is when Ornette Coleman first hits the scene and John Coltrane is moving away from traditionally constructed music. And and Dolphy and, and Coltrane later on in 61 would play together. But at this time, you know, people really didn't understand what Dolphy was doing. But his playing is magnificent. So he records this record called Far Cry in 1960. And Booker is the perfect foil for him. And we're going to listen to one track from this called Far Cry. It's a very unusual, angular song. The arrangement is fabulous. I believe that Booker did the arrangement and the solo he plays is really great. Far Cry, 1960. This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the Voice of the Arts in Atlanta, Georgia.